Welcome back to WGN Radio. This is your host, Mike Heideman, in for Dave Plyer. Now, believe it or not, I have a podcast that I do here on the station. I have a couple, actually. One is Sound Sessions, where I take in-depth interviews, full-length, um, where we kind of divulge and learn a lot about the musicians that we know and love. And I, I kind of really enjoy it. And that's uh, Danny Wilde was one of my guests on Sound Sessions. You can catch that on WGNRadio.com. But you can also find this podcast that I'm very proud about doing. It's Two Dudes, One Disc. And yes, uh, it's where I get a guest on and we talk about their favorite album. It could be anything in the entire world. We've had everything from, you know, Sting and the police. Uh, we had somebody do a Rocky Horror Picture Show the other day. And I knew when I started this podcast that I'd eventually have to cover this band. And honestly, there was no one else I could think of who more so fit the bill than this person. Former WGN video master of the real and the president of the Eddie Vedder fan club, Eric Nivarowski. What's going on, Eric? Long time no talk. So thanks for having me on. I, uh, I really appreciate it. I'm uh, absolute. I mean, just just great intro music with once. Just uh, yeah, I just I I I, 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 I Pearl Jam. It's the best. They're the best band ever. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Because <laughs> I know that you and I were kind of diving back and forth in between. Well, should we do Hootie and the Blowfish or should we do Pearl Jam? <laughs> Hootie or Pearl? Right. And and, right. and you, my friend, are one of the biggest Pearl Jam fans in the entire world, or at least in my eyes. Where did this love for this band come about? Yeah, so um, I, first off, I, de I definitely know a lot more Pearl Jam bigger fans than I, but I would say I'm probably in that top 10%, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I was, uh, I'll never forget it, I was staying at my Aunt Carol's house in Bolingbrook, Illinois, and uh, my parents were in France, and my parents didn't let me watch MTV. And my aunt did. And I'm sitting there in front of her TV watching MTV. It was the summer of 1992. I was just about, like, uh, 11 or 12 years old. And I saw the Evenflow video. And this video came and smacked me right in the face. It was something I had never heard before that wasn't the sort of music that was popular at the time you know at, at, in the early 90s you still had kind of the, the the tail end of the uh hair metal and you know sort of glam metal with slaughter and poison and warrant and all that stuff and i saw this even flow video with this this uh it's just driving driving sound and these lyrics that i couldn't quite pick up on but i knew that i loved and this this man in a flannel shirt hanging from the rafters over a live show and and everyone in the crowd just going nuts and from that moment i have been absolutely hooked on all things pearl jam <laughs> i love it man again we're talking about 10 the debut pearl jam album and of course on two dudes one disc we dive in every single song with careful analysis, song by song, mm -hmm. throughout the entire album. So let's dive into that song. This will take you back to Aunt Carol's house, Even Flow, number yep. two on the album. See, now when I hear that song, I'm hearing the great vibey, you know, wah-wah guitar, the amazing visceral, just growly vocals of Eddie Vedder. What are you thinking about when you hear that song? Yeah, so when I hear that song now, I mean, I, I 
I'm still transformed. Like I go back to my aunt's living room and seeing that video for the first time. Um, and then also, you know, that even flow as a song is pretty much one of the benchmarks of a Pearl Jam live show. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to show my Pearl Jam nerdiness. There's a quote where Jeff Amen, the bass player, said they used the album 10 as a way to start touring. Because Pearl Jam wasn't a band for a very long time before they recorded 10. Um, Pearl Jam started out of the ashes of Mother Love Bone with Stone Gossard and Jeff Amen, and they brought in Eddie Vedder and Mike McCready, and they weren't a band for very long before they got the record deal and, and, and recorded this record. So I, I have to think about that, and then I also think about uh, July 2016, night two at Wrigley Field, um, where it was probably one of the best versions of Even Flow I've ever seen live. Um, it, uh, I've seen 50-plus Pearl Jam shows, and, and so for me, that song just takes me to a live show. <laughs> Speaking of a live show, how will we get to song number yeah. three, Alive? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's funny, because uh, diving back into this album, I listened to it a little bit earlier today, I forget mm-hmm. about how many great songs Pearl Jam really has. I mean, this is a strong, strong way to get out of the gate with... Once even flowing alive. Uh, now, what what was it about those Wrigley shows that made them so special? I mean, why do they always sell out? Why does Eddie Better you find him playing on the street corner in <laughs> in front of the stadium sometimes? What is that connection that people have and that field? Yeah, so it's I'm I'm, I'm glad you asked because a lot of people when I would say oh, I'm I'm going to see Pearl Jam this weekend. And I would get that that uh, sort of smart alecky response of, oh, I didn't know Pearl Jam was still around. But they sell out every single show they play. Um, and for those Wrigley shows, that was kind of a special, where they didn't really do a big tour. They did the home and the away show. So they did two nights at Wrigley Field, two nights in Boston, the away shows at Fenway Park, and then three nights uh, wherever the Mariners play in Seattle. Um, so those shows were great because they're so, sort of a destination, right? The average Pearl Jam fan, I would say, is in their upper 40s to 50s. Um, they're able to bring their kids now. And what, uh, you know, I'm not a Cubs fan by any means, but there's nothing better than a, a, a wonderful, clear summer night at Wrigley Field if it's a ball game or if it's a Pearl Jam concert or if it's a Billy Joel concert or a Foo Fighters concert. It's just such a great place to see a show. And, you know, Eddie Vedder grew up, I believe, in the Evanston area, so he has a real connection um, with the Cubs. And uh, with those shows in 2016, there was also a documentary called Let's Play 2, and um, you should definitely check it out because it it, it highlights, you know, those two nights, but also Eddie's love for the Cubs because that was the year they won the World Series. So it, 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 it kind of... That was like the sort of plot plot line B to that documentary film. Um, yeah, but I mean, those first three songs, I would say it's the best side A in rock history. You know, you got, <laughs> you know, you got one, Even Flow, Alive, Go Into Why Go Here, then Black and Jeremy. I mean, those, those songs just uh, really kind of define the 90s and really defined where rock music is today, I think. So uh, the sad part about getting to be on air with you, Eric, there's only one small thing, and that's we need to do a speed round of these these songs. And I'd love to play Why yeah. Go and Black, but we got to jump into the heart of the album. How about Jeremy? Sure, sure. 
Now, this song takes me back to driving around in my car and going to, you know, baseball practice or heading over to high school, and they would play this on like a constant loop on this one station. Uh-huh. <laughs> That may or may not be here in Chicago, and it just okay. it, it brings me back to good times. It makes me think of summer, and I just remember th- hearing this guy's voice. And it's weird because there's something about Eddie Vedder's voice that just separates him from anybody. Like he could sing "Baba Black Sheep," and I'd be like, "That's Eddie Vedder. That's that's him. That's not yep. anybody else." Uh, you yep. know what? What was that like? First, tinging in your ear when you're like, you know, this is this might be my favorite band of all time. It, I mean, I I just think uh, I, I really can't put a word to it. But like, even when I hear it now through my phone here in Glasgow, Scotland, through you in Chicago, I, I mean, I had goosebumps just listening to his voice. I, I can't I can't quite put my finger on it, but it just it's just something that um, if it was like a musical soulmate, I would say that his songwriting and the rest of the band's uh, uh, musicianship is is just it just lined up with with who I was at that point being, uh, you know, a sort of geeky, portly 11, 12-year-old to <laughs> now a 38-year-old father of two with uh, an apartment here lined with Pearl Jam tour posters. It's just it's just stuck with me all the time, and, and, and that didn't really happen with um, – a lot of other bands from that era, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, uh, and, and it's so funny that you say that, uh, you know, that song, Jeremy reminds you of a good time, you know, like your youth. And there's a big part of that for me too, but also that is such a sad song. like lyrically about, you know, a uh, uh, a true story of a, of a bullied kid who, who took his own life. But, um, uh, yeah. Irony, right? <laughs> yeah, it's true. You know, it's 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 interesting. You thought you spoke about how they weren't a band for very long until right. this album came out, and then all of a sudden it just exploded. Like the, it was the right time, right place, and and I love that. I, I do got to ask you though, because you did move. I mean, you and I would talk about music all the time in the halls of WGN, mm-hmm. and that's how we kind of bonded together was just through talking about music and documentaries. What's the scene like in Glasgow, Scotland, right now? Is there are, no. is there a big uh, Pearl Jam uh, contingent there? Uh, well, I, I don't get out much because I have a ten month old baby now. But in our apartment, I mean, Pearl Jam is still definitely um, uh, there in in in, in this, you know in here. And I actually I, I met my wife at a Pearl Jam show at Madison Square Garden in two thousand eight. <laughs> um, and, and I'm yeah, and so I'm here now, you know, with her and, and her family in Glasgow, Scotland. And I actually finally got to go out last night. Um, and I saw a great cover band at a, an American-themed bar called Bucks Bar, and, and, and they were just doing a lot of old rockabilly tunes. And actually, I'm, I'm going to my first show here in a couple weeks. I'm going to go see Wilco, Ooh, you know, Chicago's Chicago own Tweety Wilco at the Barrowlands Ballroom, which is a legendary music hall that maybe only has about 1,500 uh, capacity. So I'm going to see... Um, one of my favorite bands who I've seen in large arenas and, and theaters, and I'm going to see them in a small club. So in that aspect, when American bands get here, they're either playing like the big arenas. Um, you know, Pink uh, was just playing at the large football. Uh, that's what you guys call soccer. Mm-hmm. Playing at the large football stadium down the street. Uh, she did like three sold-out nights there. Um, it's festival season here in the U.K., so we had Foo Fighters at a park. 
uh, a couple weeks ago. It was night one was the Cure, night two is the Foo Fighters. So there is, um, you know, music is very popular here. I haven't really gotten too much in the Scottish music yet, but uh, definitely, you know, like you had the gentleman on from uh, the Rembrandts earlier with Friends. Friends is still a huge cultural phenomenon here. <laughs> really? Okay. It's nuts. Yeah. Man. It's a whole different world out there. It's it's incredible. Hey, um, so we got you yeah. for a few more minutes. Again, we're talking to Eric Nivarowski, uh, the the mind behind a lot of WGN videos. If you were watching us back um, just a couple of years ago, you'd see his amazing work and, and all the great things that he does. Um, we're going to dive into our last song on the album, and then I'm going to ask you three very important questions about this band, Pearl Jam. Ben? Wonderful. Yep. song release just let him be free let eddie be free (laughs) all right so i asked three questions to all of our uh guests here on two dudes one disc um we got to know first of all what's your go-to karaoke pearl jam song uh um i i think of karaoke as more of a uh uh sort of um sort of hokey thing and my love for Pearl <laughs> Jam is so ingrained in my life that I actually would never do a Pearl Jam song on karaoke but for the sake of the show I would probably do um, uh, uh, Black Black okay uh, we had a yep. texter co- text in eight from the 815 where did Pearl Jam come up with their name right so um, don't quote me on this because I'm not a, a, a licensed Pearl Jam historian but I believe Someone in the band's grandma's name was Pearl, and she made jam. <laughs> that is awesome. That is well. I think we just lost him. He's like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> on that note, on that note, it's his great grandmother, Eric. If you're listening right now, we got to jump over to our break really quick. Eric Nierwowski, uh, he might be calling again, but again, two dudes, one disc. Check it out on wjnradio.com. I'm going to post this, and we can hear all about the great, great stories behind Eric's life, why he loves Pearl Jam, and so much more. We have a lot of great episodes on that page. But right now, let's take a quick break, and I'll be back right after this here on WGN. Uh, if you're just joining us today, we're diving into the amazing album 10 by Pearl Jam. This is all has to do with the fact that I host a podcast called Two Dudes, One Disc. Let's get Eric on one more time before he splits out. He's calling in all the way from Scotland. Eric, did uh, the karaoke people get mad at you and they made you hang up? Yes, they got very uh, they got very upset. Like, <laughs> karaoke is not a novelty. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, Eric, I can't t- I can't thank you enough, man, for joining us on the show uh, at your old homestead on WGN. Um, one last song. If you could ask Eddie Vedder one question, what would it be? Ah, uh, why are you so awesome, <laughs> <laughs> Eric? I'm so- that's that's the perfect question. That's the mic drop yep. right there. Right. I I I like to think that he would give you really like well thought out answer. Like with a few bullet points and everything, and then he would just pull, reach into his pocket and just grab something, and it's just glitter, and he just throws it in the air and disappears. I would. That's exactly how I. uh, (laughs) That's exactly how I imagined it too. So, Eric Nierwarowski, it's great to talk to you again. I am so happy that we got to do this. Where can people find your creative work and anything else that you've been going on and, and doing these days? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's at Eric Edmonds. That's E-R-I-K-E-D-M-U-N-D-S. And that's uh, pretty much the only spot right now. So check me out on there. Right on. Hey, Eric, thanks again for joining us. Um, you can find all of this on WGNRadio.com. It was great talking to you, my friend. Thanks, Mike. Miss you, bud. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Miss you too, man.